Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Gators Breakdown. The Gators Fan Podcast, because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. The Gators Breakdown Podcast is ready to go. I'm your host, David Waters, and you can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SCC. Florida beats Tennessee. Florida beats Tennessee. Florida beats Tennessee. 47-21. Florida destroys the rivals from Knoxville, Tennessee in every facet of the game, and we'll break it down right here on Gators Breakdown. But remember, before we start, you can find Gators Breakdown on news4jacks.com slash Gators Breakdown. There you'll find all Gators Breakdown episodes as well as the articles from the News for Jack sports team. That's news4jacks.com slash Gators Breakdown. Also, catch the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and YouTube if you want the video version. Some of you are joining me live now, so thank you very much. Uh, you can go back and look at it on there, too. And look, hey, when we're using all these services, please share, rate, review the show. Let Gator Nation know what they're getting with Gators Breakdown. And on social media, follow Gators Breakdown on Twitter and Facebook at Gators Breakdown. I'll say it again. Florida beats Tennessee. So, look, that was a fun game, an advantageous offense, a, a smothering defense, and a special teams unit that continues to make their presence fail early in Dan Mullen's first season uh, at Florida, this was fun, Gator fans. You know, there's no spin on this one to, to make me not feel good about what happened uh, in this game uh, against Tennessee. Was everything perfect? Of course not. Uh, but, you know, this was the the first road trip of the season for these guys, and, and we really didn't know what to expect going into this game. I mean, there was a lot of talk that, that Florida wasn't ready to go on the road and get this kind of win, even though, you know, Tennessee wasn't thought of as a very good team. And uh, a lot of people wanted to put Florida in that same uh, category. Look, you know, I thought the game would be closer, but I believe that Dan Mullen would have the team ready to go, given his experience in coaching in games like this, Jeremy Pruitt's lack of experience uh, in, in things like this, Florida overall better talent there, uh, I think, especially in the playmaker positions. And, hey, look, Dan Mullen had this team ready to go in a hostile environment. And the Gators were ready to go early uh, after punting. Uh, you know, kind of go through the game here. You know, I don't do it a whole lot of kind of just pointing out, you know, kind of play-by-play or drive-by-drive, but I thought it was really good for this game to kind of put the little things that we saw together, uh, especially in this first half of uh, of kind of 
the kind of things coming together. Is it, is, is it perfect machine right now by any stretch of the imagination? No, but as I say, we got some ups and downs in year one, especially and uh, going on the road and, and proving what they proved. I think you know just really really speaks volumes of the pro the progress that this team is making right now. And as I said, that the Gators were on it early after punting on this first possession. You know, the offense was helped by some turnovers forced by the Gators defense and. Starting with Jakai Polite putting a hard hit on Jer Jarek Garantano and, and David Reese picking up the fumble out of midair. And speaking of David Reese, uh, wow. You know, in, in his first game back this season, he comes in and, and leads the team with tackles with 11. So already you can see the, the, the type of player and what he brings to the table for this Gator defense. First game back, leads the team with tackles with 11. And his presence was felt from the very start. So, you could definitely tell he is the leader on this defense. And look, I was sold on his importance by what he had to say post game. Uh, he discussed missing missing time by you know he got injured, missed some time here. And he, he went on to say, "I was sad, uh, but then I got to reflect on the position that I was in and the leadership role that I had. I reached out to younger younger guys like James Houston and Ventrell Miller. I was also able to keep the energy up with Ray Shad Jackson. Uh, he has been doing a terrific job. They have been they have been making plays out here today." and they will continue to keep making plays. So seeing him take these younger guys under his wing, hey, look, that'll be paying off this season. Florida's going to have to have some numbers there uh, at linebacker. I think the talent's a little better than I kind of thought coming into to, to the season. These guys are really showing up. Um, but you can still see the separation of what somebody like David Reese brings to the table and the guys that are under him. It'll come along with, with some experience, but him being able to come along game one, lead the team, in, in tackles, it really speaks volume for the type of player Florida's getting with him. He's a leader on and off the field, it seems like right now. So that's another reason I think these linebackers are – look, we know what happened two weeks ago. We, we we know what Kentucky did, and we've seen what they're continuing to do. So, you know, was it as bad as what they showed? I don't think so. But, you know, they're, they're, the coaching staff and these players have taken it upon themselves to turn that position around uh, in, in two weeks' time. And we've seen in two games since that, that Kentucky game, uh, they, they're making incremental steps. But part of that being better and part of that being maybe I – don't, I don't necessarily want to say dominant yet. We want to see how this how this keeps going. They have plenty more chances and plenty more games to keep on. Uh, but you know, this linebacker core is definitely better with David Reese out there. Uh, on the field. So as far as run defense goes, you know, he's an integral part of what of what this defense can potentially do, like I said. So, you know, after that fumble, uh, the offense comes out, takes advantage of great field position uh, and scores in four plays uh, as Franks finds R.J. Raymond for the first touchdown in the game and R.J. Raymond's first touchdown uh, of, of his career. So offense taking advantage of what the defense is giving him. But here we go. Again, very next drive. Luke Ankrum makes an appearance with an interception of a screen pass. Jarek Garantano's first interception of the season, by the way. Uh, so his first interception is to a defensive lineman. So who, who, who would have guessed that? So um, after that, offense takes over on the seven-yard line. Frank scoring the second play of the drive uh, with a run to his left side, and it's 14-0 quickly Gators in the first quarter here. Later on in the first quarter, perhaps the most important play of the night that might get overlooked is LaMichael P. Ryan's recovery of the onside kick. And Tennessee had just kicked the field goal to make it 14-3, they're still in the game. P. Ryan, remember, P. Ryan fumbled uh, on that drive to get Tennessee in great field position and, and get in that field goal range. Uh, Jeremy Pruitt then calls for the onside kick to keep some momentum in Tennessee's favor. Uh, and Tennessee would have recovered if not for P. Ryan going up and, and getting that kick. Being on uh, being on point, you know, keep, you're keeping your keys uh, there. And Dan Mullen even, even said, we knew. 
and quote here, we knew coming in to expect that. We knew they were going to uh, fake a punt or try to steal a possession with an onside kick. You didn't know when it was going to happen, but you knew it was going to happen. We talked about the discipline and consistency all week. You were starting to see the consistency for us in special teams a little bit. I like that. They were trying to make a play, but we were locked in. Nobody flinched an inch. We went up and got the ball. It was really, really well executed by them. Uh, LaMichael just went up and made a great play. So, look, I mean, that's what I'm saying. It, it, a bad thing happened, and Dan Mullen has kind of said, well, bad things are going to happen, but you got to forget about it. you got to move on. Uh, LaMichael Piran's out there on the hands team. Tennessee gets a field goal, trying to get back into this game. And look, he goes up there and, and makes a play. In a way, makes up for that fumble because Tennessee gets that. You know, this game maybe plays out another way. You know, Florida was still owning the day in the trenches, so probably not. But it would have been a little bit closer game uh, than what it turned out to be. So, you know, Florida may not have scored uh, in, in the – or uh, Florida may not have scored uh, in the great field position they had right after that, but it set up the safety that ensued on the next Tennessee possession. So getting that onside kick – kind of just started another whole avalanche into Florida's flavor uh, there. So Tennessee was backed up there. And then C.C. Jefferson drove his defender back. That helped hold some contained. And the Tennessee running back tried to bounce it out towards C.C. anyway. And with the help of Adam Schuler, the tandem of C.C. Jefferson and Adam Schuler gets the first safety set September 17, 2016 against North Texas uh, for the Gators here. And it was the Gators' first safety in an SEC game since November 2, 2013 against Georgia, 16, 13 Gators at that point. So, look, guys, you can sit here and say these little things are adding up. Some of these things are adding up to when you go on the road in a hostile environment, these are the type of things that, that, that can really turn the tide in, in these games, and these little things are adding up for this Florida Gator uh, program right now early in the season uh, and on the road in its first game here. So, Florida gets the ball after the safety, and on the very next play of the drive, Felipe Franks finds – Freddie Swain for a 65-yard touchdown catch and run. Swain uh, said after the game, uh, quote here, I just saw it break down. Uh, we had a play where Felipe rushes out to the right, and I saw the safety come down. I just kept my route on towards the sideline, and he didn't see me. We had great blocking down the field, and that's how we were able to score. And that's exactly how and what happened there. So you know, Frank kept, Franks kept his eyes down the field. And rolled to his right out of the pocket and found Swain. And, and Swain did the rest with a couple of nice blocks from Morrill Stevens and Trayvon Grimes. 23-3 Gators, and, and the route was on at that point there. Uh, Mullen had to say about Swain uh, there, uh, quote, we moved him uh, in to be more of a slot receiver than an outside guy. He was much more comfortable there. He is making plays, and he's building confidence in doing so. It was great to see one of those uh, – one of, the, one of the good things about our receivers is that we had three different guys score touchdowns. We had a bunch of different guys score on the season. It's not like we're getting the ball to just one guy. Guys are stepping up and making plays, end quote. So, look, guys, yes, this was a team effort early on uh, in, in this game, and one, one that, and one that was needed for the road. If you're going to make this you know game unreachable, it's going to take a complete team effort to make a game unreachable early, and that's exactly what Florida did. And speaking of Freddie Swain right now, look, guys, he, he he's on point right now. For Swain, he had 253 all-purpose yards and three touchdowns in his first two seasons as a Gator. Right now, he has 209 all-purpose yards and three touchdowns in his, his last two games. So 253 all-purpose yards coming into the season for his career, 209 in the last two games. 
this offense is really helping Freddie Swain. And, and look, a part of it is Dan Mullen rewarding players who, who who do good things. He's in there for you know blocking for running backs, and you know I, that's one thing I liked about him coming into this season because he showed even in the past offense a an ability to block down the field, be there a receiver that would block down um, uh, on, on defenders, and here he is making also plays in the passing game right now. There. So another thing, we, and, and you can tell these guys are are playing for the team because on the next drive for Tennessee, another maybe kind of play of the game uh, that you know really shouldn't be overlooked, like the onside kick. You know, Tennessee had a fourth and one, uh, caught Florida leaving a tight end wide open. It looks like Tennessee is about to score their first touchdown in the game, but C.J. Henderson chases the tight end down and causes a fumble out of the back out of the end zone for a touchback, and, and Tennessee was about to get a little momentum there. But here's that look, that that phrase, Dan Mullen loves so much, relentless effort. And that's what he was talking about. In plays like this, that's what he's talking about. You know, CJ, quote from uh, Dan Mullen here, CJ Henderson plays spectacular. We talk about effort and giving an inch to defend. He makes a huge play. And to me, that was a game, cha- that was the game changing play. So look, here we go. Because Henderson chased that play down, Tennessee pretty much lost any chance of uh, coming back in, in into this game. Uh, going into halftime, Florida added a field goal. It was twenty six to three at halftime. But because of plays like that uh, by C.J. Henderson and Michael P. Ryan, you know you, you won't find that much in a box score. Uh, but those plays really showed up and, and made differences uh, in in the game here. So look, I said that after the, that last week's game. The one place we can really see the team buy-in and Dan Mullen's fingerprint is special teams. And, and that showed up on the very first play of the second half as, as Brad Stewart forced a fumble on the opening kickoff and, and Brian Edwards recovers. And if, look, I also still like seeing this. I wasn't sure how much we'd see it, but you know, Dan Mullen has his system for what he does here in Florida. is still using guys that are getting a lot of playing time in the secondary and they're showing up on special teams and showing up big uh, as well. So when special teams matters, these are the re- type of results you're going to get. I wasn't sure how it was going to shake out with so many injuries. And if you take some of those guys off you know, to keep them healthy because you can't afford many injuries in the, in the secondary anymore. But those guys are playmakers there. And Dan Mullen's going to put guys in playmaking positions. And that's what we're seeing on special teams uh, right now. They are, they are making huge differences uh in, in games right now so offense takes over and on the very first play after that jordan scarlet breaks a tackle on the oh breaks numerous tackles <laughs> on the way to the end zone for a 19 yard touchdown and it looks like jordan scarlet starting to find himself a little bit more as the season goes on He's still a little indecisive at times but i can't stress enough how much better jordan scarlet is helping this offense in pass protection uh look i just talked about a 19 yard run there but on, later on in the game, on the pass to Tyree Cleveland, uh, you know, it was play action to Scarlett. He picks up a defender that's coming in. Franks now has enough time to throw uh, a 50-50 ball. Maybe he should have thrown a little earlier, but still, 50-50 ball. I've been kind of wishing for a little bit more of those with the receivers Florida has. And Tyree Cleveland comes down with those. And it, it's those little things that we keep seeing signs of progress. And Jordan Scarlett uh, and this team, Jordan Scarlett, note it was something he has struggled with. Uh, it, it pass blocking, especially going back to the last year he played. And he's progressed enough uh, to be a reliable pass blocker uh, when Florida wants to put a running back down there for some extra protection for Felipe Frank. So these are some little things that are adding up, little things that added up to, to blow out a rival. You know, th- this team is making progress week to week. Does this mean they're going to go out and, and win from here on out every game? No, uh, but it does look like it, it will be enough to put Florida in position 
to win these games that are coming up on the schedule. As the team gets used to the coaches and the coaches get used to these, um, the, and as the players get used to the, what the coaches expect of them, we're going to see some inconsistency, but at least we aren't seeing a team that looks lost. Uh, of course, you know, there are aspects like the defense versus Kentucky, but that doesn't look so bad now as for when we see what Kentucky is doing. Uh, so, you know, the Gators still had chances to, to to win that game in the end, even how it all played out. So, like, I'm not marking, I'm not looking for moral victories, but there are, there are signs of progress uh, here made by this Gator team after blowing out Tennessee 47 to 21. Fun game, fun game. Uh, like that that first half, I was I was hyped up. I, I was ready to go. Yeah, it was a it's been a long time since we've been excited for you know um, a, a flurry of scoring that was happening uh, as the Gators were putting on in all aspects of the game here. So it was fun. It, it was good to see the guys having fun here um, against the rival. Because as I said, going into this game, I got questioned a whole lot and fair or unfair. Uh, it's what it's what was happening. Like I said, I expected a close game just because I didn't know what to expect of Felipe Franks and, and, and what he could could show on the road. We know how he played last year, uh, but he looked composed for a, a good part of the night. I, I, I definitely like you know what I saw for the most part. Yeah, he went through a little struggle uh, there in the middle of the game uh, after halftime, but uh, it was all said and done. No backbreaking mistakes. Uh, and that's kind of what you, he's going to be a, a game manager, people. And uh, until he figures out more of this offense, I don't know how much better he can get, but he's already a better quarterback than what we saw last year. So I think that's to keep in mind there. Felipe Franks is taking some necessary steps uh, to get better uh, as we as we go on there. So some neat notes uh, from this game. Plenty of, plenty of notes here uh, looking at stats and such. Of what we're getting here. So Florida, of course, has won 13 of the last 14 meetings versus Tennessee. And look, guys, 47 points tonight or uh, last night are the uh, the most the Gators have ever scored in Knoxville. So 26-point win was the third largest Florida uh, margin of victory in the series uh, behind only the 59-20 to 20 win in uh, 2007 and the 31 to nothing win in Knoxville in 1994. Uh, Florida won an SEC game by 20 plus points for the first time since October 15, 2016, when Florida beat Missouri 40 to 14. And this is big here. Florida increased its turnover margin to plus 10 with six takeaways, two interceptions, four fumble recoveries. And so six turnovers. And here we go. Florida season total of 14 takeaways. Guys, guess what? That leads the nation right now. Florida leaves the nation in takeaway. So that's a product of a Todd Grantham defense. Is everything perfect on the defensive side of the ball? No. Are there some big plays uh, left to be out there? Yep. But we kind of knew that's a Todd Grantham defense. Uh, but 14 takeaways right now. And they look, you can make up for a lot of things when you can when you can make teams turn the, turn the ball over. Is that something you can count on game in and game out? So far, the Gators have been able to do it, but – you don't want to count on it too much, but it's still enough. Because, look, 14 takeaways right now through four games. Leads the nation, as I said, but Florida had 17 all of last year. And that was the 81st nationally when the season ended. Right now, with 14 takeaways, 
the Gators lead the nation. So big, big time uh, kudos to those guys uh, for, for being around the ball, being aggressive, going to go get the ball, chasing down plays, because that's what it's all about. You know, when, when you need an offense that lead, that needs some help right now, getting them, getting them in good field position, turnovers help in that aspect there too. So now uh, Florida first four six turnovers in a game for the first time since September 21st, 2003, or 2013 against Tennessee. So uh, Gators have forced for, for the balls into some uh, big-time turnover games there. In that game, it was four interceptions and two fumbles uh, for the Gators. Uh, so the Gators also scored 24 points off of turnovers, raising the season total to 43. They have 44 points off of turnovers all of last year. So one shy through four games that the Gators are uh, scoring points off of turnovers. And Florida tied its season high with nine tackles for loss, and it had at least eight tackles for loss in three of the first four games here. Uh, Florida has scored more than 35 points, um, or Florida scored more than 35 points in the SEC road game for the first time since September 24, 2011 at Kentucky. Uh, and this marks Florida's third game of the season, 200-plus rushing yards, matching its t- total all from last season. Uh, and Frank's threw multiple touchdown passes for the sixth consecutive game. I tweeted this stat out earlier this week where he had five consecutive games coming into this one with multiple touchdowns. Now it's six after uh, beating Tennessee. They extended the longest streak of such games by a quarterback since Tim Tebow. A couple other notes here about the defense. Florida amassed four takeaways in the first half, making it the first time since September 21st. Uh, yep. I already did that one there. So, uh, yeah, this was supposed to be more about players. Uh, Brad Stewart, first Gator since Brian Poole to have an interception and fourth fumble in a game. Good there for Brad Stewart. Coming along nicely there. Uh, David Reese, of course, returned to the starting lineup, posted his eighth career 10-tackle game, two in 2016 and uh, five last year. So this was his first of the year, of course, his first game back for eight total games of at least 10 tackles. Ja'Kai Polite notched his first, uh, his third fourth fumble of the season. So Ja'Kai Polite, a big part of why these Gators are, are creating turnovers here with his sack in the first quarter. Uh, C.J. Henderson's fourth fumble at the end of uh, Austin Pope's 51-yard reception when he looked like he was about to score uh, was his second fourth fumble of the season. And Luke Ankrum with his first career <laughs> interception. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, that gave uh, – Made sure Jared Garantano's first interception of the season was to a defensive lineman. So kind of, kind of things, kind of funny how things work out sometimes. But you know, I think you could tell competition plays a whole lot in in what can happen. You know, Tennessee uh, looked okay uh, against West Virginia. You know, given the circumstances there, I didn't expect that game to be a whole lot uh, close. But they dominated the last two weeks uh, in in their. Um, easier opponents, and it, it, it changes when uh, hey, look, the Tennessee turned the ball over and, and helped Florida a little bit, yeah. But Florida forced a lot of those turnovers there. It wasn't it, a lot of it, wasn't lazy play uh, by Tennessee, it was Florida going after the ball, uh, and, and causing those turnovers. So, as we do every Sunday, I ask for you guys uh, to send me your reaction and what you saw. Uh, of the game, and there was a lot of flurry of tweets uh, for this one. I won't get to all of them, of course. I think uh, over 150 responses or something here. So kind of boring if I go through and read 150 tweets, but uh, you know, I'll read a few here just because, you know, the interaction uh, with you fans and, and out there on social media, and thanks for you guys for sending your reactions here, uh, and I will definitely share and uh, go through a few of those. Uh, so Charleston Gator Club, 
uh, thanks guys for, for following and, and uh, re, uh, replying here. He goes, that was the most fun our club has had at a watch party in a long time. And I like this part right here. And that has a trickle, trickle down effect. More fun means more people coming out, which means better fundraising and being able to provide more scholarships. So there we go. Charleston Gator Club doing some good stuff for the Gator Nation out there, getting more scholarships out there for the University of Florida. And uh, glad that, that, you know, glad that club and, and that watch party had a lot of fun, just like we all did last night and watching uh, Florida defeat Tennessee. Dustin Woolbright says defense was great and Franks did his job. We certainly enjoyed this win. Uh, love that we set record for UF points scored in Neyland. There are certainly flaws that have to be addressed, but we are clearly on the right track. And there we go. Like I said, I think I think little things are adding up to we do we do see progress. We see progress in Felipe Franks. I think we see some progress in this offensive line too. I mean, go back and look at some of the the, the throws Franks made and how much time he had to throw. As I already mentioned, Jordan Scarlett also helping in pass protection. He's coming along nicely in the run game as well. Uh, I think you have unearthed another running back playmaker in Damian Pierce, so that that speaks to progression. Um, so look in defense, just from two weeks ago, uh, Florida is on the right track. Does that mean they're going to go out and beat Mississippi State this week? The, the next week, I don't know. Does it mean they'll? beat or upset LSU in two weeks. If LSU keeps on the, on their track, you know, they'll be picked coming in here in the swamp, but we do, we do know this team is getting better. Record may not show it in, in the next few weeks, but the team is getting better. Now here we go. So from uh great at, uh, to be a, uh, at, so was, yeah, his name is great at to be Florida Gator. So, uh, it was fun to dismantle Tennessee. They are a bad football team, but Florida is better than I thought. Kentucky, Mississippi State results reinforce that as well. So yeah, I'll get into the uh, Kentucky, Mississippi State, and the rest of the SEC uh, when I go through some SEC scores, and we'll uh, look what happened around the SEC here in a few minutes. Dalton Sparks says, uh, reset the tone immediately. We've missed him dearly. Thought it was uh, Scarlett's best game this year. Also impressed with the poise that the team had for the first, for their first road game. Good, good sign. Yeah, I mean, I, I really thought, and most of it was about Felipe Franks and his performance on the road. And I thought he did good, you know, even even in that middle stretch. And I'll go through uh, right here where we said Franks, he, he hit his first five throws. He was five for five. He looked like he was really on, uh, on it, guys. And, you know, I pointed out last week where he starts the first quarter slow and really turns it on to, in, into the second quarter. Right? Kind of the opposite this time. Franks hit his first five throws against Tennessee, missed his next seven. But look, not all that was on him. There were some drops, and there were times he threw the ball away. And, guys, go back to last year and how many times we sat there and told ourselves, you know, Franks wouldn't get rid of the ball. He, he Behind the line of scrimmage, he'd run away from from uh, from pressure, but he'd just run out of bounds behind the line of scrimmage and take a loss for the play, not throwing it into the crowd, not throwing it into the stands, not throwing it into the sideline and taking a loss on play. But now he's smart enough to, if something's not there, you know, he, he, if he can go through his progressions quickly enough, he'll get the ball out. and. Um, and throw it out of bounds. That That's one part of progression we see from Felipe Franks. Were there times he forced some balls? Yeah, that's just what he's going to be until I think he keeps – He, I, th- I think he's going to keep getting better. How much better? I don't know. But I think Franks is going to continue to get much better. So, as I said, Franks, five for five on his first, missed his next seven, hit his next four to end the game there. So, he ends up nine of 18, 172 yards, three touchdowns, and Felipe Franks has surpassed his touchdown total by two now um or actually it would be three no he had three touchdowns but yeah um so surpassed his total from last year already and hey look that speaks volumes uh four games in 
and surpassing his touchdown total uh, from from uh, last year. Uh, so let's see here. Scott Sweat says the energy level and intensity was great, uh, and to be a road game proves Mullen had his team ready. Long way to go, but this team is improving, and that's what we wanted. Oh, and I have a man crush on Damian Pierce. He's the, he's the real deal. Uh, me too. If you guys have uh, <laughs> watched, listened to Gage Breakdown long enough, you know uh, I'm, I'm my, the man crush for Damian Pierce. And uh, one more time, look, yeah, one more time. In the fourth quarter, bust out a big run. Would we like to see him have more carries in the, early in games? Absolutely. I think he's just a playmaker there. Um, there, so uh, hopefully he gets the ball. Hopefully he gets some more chances to prove himself. He did get one carry uh, or, or one series earlier in the game. Not much amounted to it, but. Uh, Went once in the fourth quarter again, and good blocking by Siante uh, Lewis and, and Brett Hagee to, to spring him for another. I think it was a near 40 yard run for a touchdown. So, Damian Pierce in the fourth quarter, so, uh, yeah, furthering Florida's lead and what was happening there. Uh, flagship U Sports said, uh, If this win happens before the Kentucky loss, everyone is in hysteria. This was a good SEC road win against a rival. Truth is, Kentucky is legit. And was overlooked by everyone. They dominated the top fifteen team. Gators' only loss is not that bad. Uh, going into to that part of it, um, yeah, it's not it's not that bad. You know, as I mentioned earlier, it was one of the worst games Florida could have played, and it still had a chance to win it at the end. Uh, Clint Lawrence, uh, great defensively. Dave struggle is real on third down. Uh, Pierce needs fifteen to twenty touches earlier in games, not mop up duty. Uh, I mentioned third down there, and yeah, let me pull up the stat here. Um, yeah, third down offense really, really still a struggle for the skater offense. Still, maybe see where um, you know that, that that was where Florida has struggled. I guess maybe some identifying some playmakers there uh, to, to third down. I think we, we know Kadarius Tony, uh, maybe she needs some more touches. Maybe he can help you convert some third downs. Not sure where some of the wide receiver screen passes have been. We haven't seen those uh, basically almost since the first week of the season. I went far to use those a, a little bit there. I'm surprised we haven't seen more of those as far as trying to spread a defense out and using you know, the wide receiver screen game, but uh, Florida, you three of 11 on third downs. Uh, and third down conversion against Tennessee. That's going to have to pick up, have to get better with the meat of uh, the, the schedule coming up and you know, tougher defenses coming up uh, as well. Uh, Brandon Sanders uh, says, it was a great win, but I, was, I wasn't I was impressed with the offense. They were unable to drive down the field, but they didn't have explosive plays. I'm thankful for the explosive plays, but without them, they can't drive the length of the field. Well, part of that also is they're not really getting a whole lot of opportunity to drive the field in the last two games, you know, 44 plays um, last week. And I think just over 50 plays uh, this week. Let me see if I can find that right quick. Yeah. 53 plays for the Gators uh, in, in this game. So, you know, there's not a whole lot of drives to sit there. You know, they get put in good field position uh, because of what the defense is doing to help them or what special teams is doing to help them. Uh, could they go and, and put together drives uh, if they had to? Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know. It would have been a lot closer game, of course, it w- without the turnovers and stuff, but not, not really a whole lot of opportunities to sit there and, and drive the field uh, in the last couple of weeks. So uh, Mike Honchos uh, at M. Johns 404 says they looked 100 times tougher than they have all year. D was nasty, and I mean that interior defensive line, linebackers, safeties, all play like they wanted to win. Uh, I hope this is continuing improvement. And, yeah, I mean, 
what Florida is able to do now, uh, that defensive line being able to to really come in. Adam Schuler, I mean, he has made an impact these last two weeks. Uh, good for him uh, coming in as a uh, as a transfer and being able to to come in nine tackles against Tennessee. Uh, Brad Stewart with seven. Uh, Kyrie Campbell with seven uh, as well. So you look, you had Reese Schuler and Campbell, all you know, all your front front seven guys there with Reese with 11, Schuler with nine, and Campbell with seven uh, coming in there, and TJ Slayton also with five. So, you know, some good uh, numbers there from your, your your interior of your defensive line making something happen on the stat sheet. And also getting in the backfield a good bit pressure in uh, that Tennessee uh, uh, offensive line um, when it was all said and done. Let's see, a few more tweets here. Uh, let's see, Heavy Metal Gator says, a great win. David Reese is a difference maker. Defense played well. They uh, did pick on Dean uh, quite a bit. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens there. I think he's still got the spot solidified, but maybe we'll see uh, some some rotation there. Um, Edwards, maybe he gets more play in time uh, when it's all said. I don't know. We'll, we'll see how, how it plays out. They, they are picking on him because they kind of have to. <laughs> you know, C.J. Henderson's still a really good cornerback, uh, we'll, so we'll see. Uh, offensive uh, third day third down play calling was awful. Uh, quarterback did not stay in pocket long enough. No progressions. Grimes and Van Jeffersons don't seem to ex- exist. And Tony needs more. Yeah, you know, I still think part of this is, is lack of play. So we'll see how that plays out. Was surprising Van Jefferson and Grimes weren't targeted more. And also Tony, you know, after one big play, kind of invisible. So um, it looks like Dan Mullen is not really going to force it in, in, into guys' hands right now. It's kind of the way it's playing out. I do think the game plans have kind of changed in the last two weeks because of the special teams and, and, and all the turnovers, uh, not all the plays there. You've gotten great field position. So I do think some of it has been the game plan that they've come in with has really kind of gotten changed because you've been able to, to rely on, on special teams and interceptions, getting you great field position, and you can score. And, you know, last week they couldn't turn – um, great field position into touchdowns this week they were able to uh there so some differences in from uh from week to week steven carcello uh says david reese was lights out him and jakai and cc were straight balling on defense need to involve grimes more please get lewis out of there uh gamble needs to catch better or throw cole out there offensive line still needs work and i was happy with felipe uh, yeah, you know, tight end still one of the positions to kind of figure out hard what's going on. Deontay Lewis will have um, some drops, uh, but he'll also there'll also be times where he hits a nice you know, block or two uh, that can spring some runs. And he was one of the main cogs on the uh, on the uh, Damian Pierce run there to to launch him. So you know, Lewis is you're going to have to take the good with the bad. It looks like the coaches that want him out there, and it looks like you're going to get some good and bad play uh, out of him. Crawl, I just don't know. You know, you saw him against Charleston Southern, way overmatched team. I still think he has a lot of work to get adjusted uh, to the game of football while being out uh, for so long. Uh, let's see. I got a few more tweets here. Oliver Berry, uh, he says, thrilled, but it took uh, to the end of the third quarter to loosen up and feel good about us winning. Yeah, you know, of course, what happened two years ago uh, in Rocky Top, and the players talked about that too. Uh, I think it was David Reese who, you know, he was asked about uh, two years ago. Of course, Florida was up 21-3. And Tennessee come and storm back and, and got a win uh, there. So, yeah, of course, yeah. I, I also didn't really feel comfortable until uh, Florida was able to put it away. But they were almost pretty much able to put it away uh, right after halftime and the, the turnover and the scarlet touchdown. 
uh, right after that. So let's see, a couple more, a couple more before I sign off uh, here. Uh, defense is years ahead of Reese. Uh, years ahead of with Reese and Jefferson. Offense still a ways to go, but Scarlett looked tough. Frank's made a few good reads. Another game showing steady improvement. So there we go. Yeah, progress, improvement. That's what we want to see. Christopher Yanes says, love the response in a big rivalry game, and this team is showing signs of improvement, especially on defense. Pulling an upset next weekend looks a little more likely. And last one, here we go. Tanner uh, Strassball. Came out and beat a bad Tennessee team like we are supposed to do. Not perfect, though. Very excited about the energy and defense with 33 back at the helm. So a lot of people noticing, of course, that Felipe Frank or uh, David Reese out here and um, you know making the difference that he can make and really solidifying this defense. Hopefully they keep making steps with him out there on the field. Uh, last one. Here we go. Sean Collins at Sean PC. Improvement can be seen. Head-scratching. Now that Franks has 12 touchdowns, <laughs> yeah, the three, yeah, there, so 12 touchdowns. Doesn't look like he does much, but has good stats. 50% completion rate is about where he will always be, and probably so. You know, that he's going to be, he is what he is. As long as he doesn't make that back-breaking mistake, I think, you know, Florida will be in a whole lot of games. They can continue to improve uh, the way we want them to improve and the way they look like they are right now. But big, big game next week as they go on the road to Starfield and Dan Mullen uh, makes his return uh, there. So, of course, those fans will be amped up, especially after coming off of a loss to Kentucky. So let's look around the SEC before we get uh, off of here. Ole Miss, uh, 38-17 of Kent State. Hey, Georgia-Missouri, a little tough game. Georgia just really couldn't pull away uh, there. Jake Fromm didn't have one of his best performances. Drew Locke, uh, once again, can't really keep up with the better defenses uh, that he has to that has to face. But, you know, the Missouri kept making plays uh, there. Every time it looked like Georgia was pulled away, Missouri would come uh, back and you know, try, try to keep it within, uh, you know, 10, 11, uh, 13 points there. But at the end of the game, it was 43-29 Georgia over Missouri. Uh, Texas A&M couldn't hang with Alabama. It was, uh, you know, did some good things in the first half, but Alabama's just a machine. And and what you, what they have with Tua at quarterback, it's unreal. Uh, just how good that team is going to be, and the machine they just have that just keeps on rolling. Uh, South Carolina beat Vanderbilt in another big SEC matchup and uh, kind of controlled that game all, all throughout, really. 37-14, and it was kind of surprising. I actually picked Vanderbilt with the upset there, especially after the way uh, they played Notre Dame last week. Um, and so, you know, maybe Vanderbilt uh, isn't as good as what they showed uh, against the Irish. Maybe it was a little bit of a letdown win that they, you know, they should have had beat Notre Dame. Maybe it was a letdown. But South Carolina really came and controlled the line of scrimmage uh, there. And so South Carolina, 37-14, gets their first SEC win of the season. And uh, probably the biggest surprise, we, we mentioned it throughout this whole episode, Kentucky 28, Mississippi State 7. Uh, they controlled this game. Uh, they didn't rush for as many yards as they did on Florida, uh, but they played better. The Florida's offense actually looked better against Kentucky than Mississippi State's offense did. Nick Fitzgerald with only 145 yards passing. Harris Williams, 22 yards rushing uh, there. So they, uh, Mississippi State could not get anything going against Kentucky. Kentucky is a very physical team. We know it from a couple weeks ago. Um how good are they? I, I I don't know, but they're good enough to beat uh, you know Florida at home, and you know with, with Florida playing pretty bad, but they over three hundred yards rushing on Florida. Uh, but then Benny Snell with one hundred and sixty five yards on a very tough Mississippi State front. We'll see that team next week, uh, but Mississippi State's gonna be frothing at the mouth now, uh, and probably playing a little bit ticked off after they uh, 
you know, got got uh, crushed. Uh, they really kind of did get crushed by, by Kentucky, especially late in that game. Benny Snell just went crazy uh, in the fourth quarter of that game. LSU, 38-21 over Louisiana Tech. And Auburn, 34-3 over Arkansas. Not much a game uh, there. That lot Tech LSU game got kind of um, – Got kind of hairy there at the end, but LSU was able to pull away 38-21. So that was a look in the SEC as far as scores go and as standings right now. Uh, Georgia and Kentucky lead the way in the SEC East, both 4-0, 2-0 in the conference. Florida gets their first conference win, so they're 3-1 overall, 1-1 in the conference. South Carolina behind Florida, 1-1 uh, in the conference as well. Missouri 0-1 in the conference after their loss to Georgia. Tennessee 0-1. After their loss to Florida, Vanderbilt losing to South Carolina 0-1 uh, there. And in the West, Alabama, LSU at the top of their respective uh, SEC West division there. 2-0 in the conference is Alabama, 1-0 for LSU after they beat Auburn last week. So, And then Auburn, 1-1 in the conference after beating Arkansas, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, Texas A&M, Arkansas, all 0-1 in the SEC West. So only – Four undefeateds left in the SEC right now, Georgia and Kentucky, Alabama and LSU. Sounds a little weird, doesn't it? But uh, Kentucky is one of those undefeated teams and looking pretty good uh, in doing it. I think they get South Carolina next week. So another big week uh, in the SEC with Florida, Mississippi State, and Kentucky, South Carolina, another statement week as we go along here. So, guys, thanks for listening to this reaction episode of Florida beating Tennessee 47-21. A lot of fun. Gators get a win over a rival. No matter how you do it, it's always fun to beat Tennessee. So I'm Gator Dave. You can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SCC. You can catch Gators Breakdown on iTunes, newsforjacks.com slash Gators Breakdown, YouTube, all those versions, all those ways to get Gators Breakdown. And uh, this one was fun. This one was a whole lot of fun. And uh, we'll do it again uh, tomorrow with Will Miles. He'll join me on the uh, Monday episode. And then uh, Matt Wyatt um, uh, from uh, Mississippi State side of things would join me. Uh, as he, you know, he joined me earlier uh, a few months ago talking about Dan Mullen and his time at Mississippi State. He's going to join us here and, and talk about uh, these Mississippi State Bulldogs uh, on the Wednesday episode. So look for that later in the week. Uh, but we'll be right here back tomorrow for another episode of Gators Breakdowns. Guys and girls, thanks for listening to this episode of Gators Breakdowns.